More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, team up. Do you feel like your family is off its game? Let's help you become a closer, more loving, more joyful family life. 877-573-7825. Great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And proving that seconds count on radio. I was... uh, (laughs) I was trying to finish an email. And I got distracted <laughs> time. I apologize for the it's inauspicious beginning of the show. On Monday. There it's you go. Just to let everybody know that everybody is in the same boat on a Monday. And I'll have to say, it actually is a perfect segue for the rest of the show. Because when we are all in the same boat, whether it's on Monday or any other day of the week, balancing everything, especially our family life, can feel like you're actually trying to juggle cats. And that's never. Or good thing to do. Not just hurting cats, juggling them. And it can feel that way. And if you're feeling. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> I don't think I would ever need a fanfare for that. People would be <laughs> laughing and screaming. But if you're feeling like your family is off its game today, this weekend, or any day or any time, let us help you become a better team today. 877-573-7825 is the number. And the show today, of course, is titled Team Up. Do you feel like your family is off its game? Well, we want to help you be a better family team today on More to Life, 877-573-7825. Whether you have questions about parenting, family life, or discipline, or you're wondering how you, your spouse, and your kids can come together to have a more meaningful faith and prayer life at home. If, if you have questions about parenting, that family life, discipline, you know, are you wondering how to get everybody on the same page, whether it's spiritually, your prayer life, running the house, your schedule, whatever that would be. If you'd like to stop bickering and just start enjoying each other more. Of course, family doesn't end at the four walls of our house. You know, maybe you have questions about getting along with your adult kids or having a better relationship with extended family members. Basically, if you've got a family question, we've got faith-filled answers for you. So give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Of course, if you're tuning in later to the podcast, you can also send us your questions. The email for that is questions at moretoliferadio.com. That's with the number two questions at moretoliferadio.com. But if you are listening live, we love to hear your voice and give you that feedback right away. So pick up the phone and give us a holler. 
The number again, 877-573-7825. We're talking about parenting and family life, not just the family that lives under your roof, but the extended family as well. So if you've got questions about either parenting or family life, let us help. 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. Now, if you're not sure what that is, St. John Paul, when he was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years, really, that looked at how we can discern God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully contemplating God's design and creation, especially his design of our bodies. The theology of the body reminds us that working to build a strong, godly family life is the most important way that we can build the kingdom of God. The church tells us that families are the building blocks of society and the church itself. We often forget that building strong, loving, peaceful, joyful family lives is a ministry. We think that God wants us to spend all of our time saving the world, changing the culture, or engaging in politics. And those things are important in their place. But according to the church, the most important thing we can do is spend our time building strong connections with our kids, loving our spouse, overcoming the challenges that make it hard to be a joyful, godly, close family that works well together, prays well together, and enjoys spending time together. That is what building the kingdom of God really entails. You're absolutely right. And the theology of the body reminds us that each Christian family is called to be a brick that helps build and support the kingdom of God. You know, you can't build a civilization, much less what St. John Paul called a civilization of love, out of soft and crumbling bricks. Mm -mm. You know, the time we spend learning how to be better spouses, more effective Christian parents, and build stronger more faithful family lives isn't taking us away from the ministry work God wants us to do. It is the ministry work, the most important ministry work we can engage in, especially as spouses and parents. You know, we can't raise faithful kids and we'll never build a godly society or or a holy church unless we can learn to fill our homes with the warmth of God's love so that God can use our example to draw the world to him. As St. John Paul the Great reminded us, the success of every other ministry in the church really depends first on Catholic families becoming what we are, witnesses to God's love and the power of his grace in the midst of a hurting world. And, you know, that doesn't mean that our families have to be perfect. Nope. But That's it mean- not going to happen this no. side of heaven anyway, and so it better not It's not all on our power either, right? It's, it's, it's about struggling differently. It's about having a vision of what our family life is called to be and then struggling together to get there, to do the healing work that we need to do, to learn the lessons we need to learn, to love each other a little bit better and to be a little bit more connected every day. And it's a step-by-step thing. So if you've got questions about helping your family be a better team, whether that means working better together or praying better together or playing better together or talking better together, we are here to help you find faith-filled answers to create the family life that God's calling you to. 
whether that's the family that lives under your roof or your extended family as well. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we bring our families to you. In particular, we bring our children to you, and we ask you, to help us to forge the kind of relationships with our children that are rooted in your love so that everybody living under our roof especially can experience the faith as a source of the warmth in our home and that our relationships can be the source of the foundation of our kids' relationships with you in the church. Help us to be able to be those dynamic domestic churches, outposts of grace and love that you use to heal a hurting world. First, by helping us be witnesses to that love and grace. Help us to have the courage, the the persistence, the confidence to keep working on those challenges we all face as families, the hurdles we have to overcome, the brokenness we have to heal, the, the sins that we need to repent of that stop us from being able to live your love in our homes. Bless us and strengthen us that we might become those dynamic domestic churches that give glory to you and bear witness to your love. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Team Up. Do you feel like your family is off its game? Well, we want to help you become a better team, whether that's creating a stronger sense of team with the family members that live under your own roof, or your extended family. If you're struggling in those relationships, we want to help there too. 877-573-7825. If you're listening later to the podcast, shoot us your questions via email to questions at more2liferadio.com. With that, who's up first, Lisa? We're talking with Janine, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Florida on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Janine. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Well, um, I'm just having a really hard time letting go of a situation that happened here at um, at our home. We had a Super Bowl get together with just mainly family, and um, but so my daughter uh, from Ohio was here with her boyfriend, and my my daughter um, who who recently got married. Uh, she and her husband were here. My, me and my husband, my brother, um, just, you know, just family. Well, they, um, uh, my, my daughter, my daughter's husband, uh, who's my new son-in-law, um, had went out and bought some drinks, um, some Dr. Peppers to mix with some, uh, some other drinks to make some cocktails. And, um, so we were watching the ball game. My 15-year-old son was downstairs. He comes up. And he grabs the um, the three liter that um, you know was probably half gone. He goes and sits down, and he proceeds to drink the 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 three liter out of the bottle. He just picks it up and starts drinking out of the bottle. Well, when he did that, I mean, um, my my daughter from Ohio said, you know, she and 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 her boyfriend was saying, oh my gosh, John, you shouldn't have done that. Nobody's going to be able to drink after that, after you doing that, you know. And 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 then my and then my other daughter-in-law, I mean my my other daughter, 
she proceeds to say the same thing. We all sort of scolded him for doing that. Now, he has done that before. We buy two and three liters all the time, and he, but down, but downstairs. Now, when he came up and grabbed the three liter, he didn't know who bought it. He didn't know whose it was. But my son-in-law had bought it. And so, but, but we were giving him some grief. Everybody was sort of jumping in, giving him some grief about doing that. Well, my son-in-law then gets up, goes and grabs the, the three liter out of his hand, goes and pours it down the sink. Now, we're all in shock that he did this, that it, 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 it was just way overboard. We had already, you know, we had already uh, ridiculed him and, you know, tried to set him straight and told him that was not the thing to do. But he had to go and, and, and do that. My, well, my it became son physical then, yeah. was in mm-hmm. shock, and, and it, he was so embarrassed. And was in. Sh- and we were all in shock that. Yeah, that sure. My son in law. No, I mean he, he needed. He deserved to be corrected, but that that was over the top. I, I I hear you. So so where do things stand now then? Like he. So you told our screener that your son demanded an apology at that point. The son in law refused, and well, then both no, your son in law and daughter the left. Apology. <laughs> okay. My daughter. My I demanded the apology. I went down mm-hmm. and and my and my daughter, who you know the the son in laws. Um, wife, my daughter, uh, she was shocked that he did this. Yeah. I mean, everybody was shocked. Well, so my my daughter, my two daughters, go downstairs after following my son. When he he didn't speak a word, he just got up from his seat after sitting there for like two or three minutes after he had done that, and went downstairs and was just crying. And he he and he doesn't hardly ever cry. He's just not that emotional, but. So they were, they were, you know, trying to console him and saying that was over the top. He shouldn't have done that. Well, my son now just doesn't want to have anything to do with him. But I went back upstairs and I told my son-in-law that he should apologize, that that was over the top. And he refused. He said, no, I'm not going to. That was my Dr. Pepper. And I said he didn't know whose Dr. Pepper that was. And okay, so so let's 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 skip ahead. So so then because so, I've only got like three minutes to give you some kind of a yeah, feedback. Then, so so just where do things stand now? So they left. They left at that point. That's where things st- stood. Any conversation since then? Yes, he tried. He called my husband um, to try. Just said, I just think there was a misunderstanding, and I want to try to explain my position. Well, after listening to his position, my husband says, "Well, you were wrong." You know, that may be your position, but you were wrong in doing that because our son did not know that was your Dr. Pepper. My, so my son-in-law says, that was my Dr. Pepper. And well, it doesn't matter who's okay. So, so, so let's let's pick up where we go here. So, so, and it doesn't matter whose Dr. Pepper it was. That's that's completely irrelevant. Um, you know, so so if if that becomes an issue again, don't just shut that down. What 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 the issue is is that your son-in-law's behavior was over the top and unacceptable. That's not an acceptable way to correct somebody. And as you say, Craig, it it it, it got physical. Like, it, it, thank God it wasn't worse yeah, than I mean, it he was. Pour it out of his hands. But he like really- grabbed something. And it was just it went past a line of just saying, "Hey, that was gross, dude. Don't do that." To 
something more extreme. Yeah, I mean, your son, you know, your son's behavior was was rude. It was, you know, it was not, not appropriate. You all recognize that. That's fine. So you can correct him for that, and you can, you know, teach him better manners moving forward. But your son-in-law had no right to get to escalate it to the point where he was physical about it. Doesn't matter whether it was his Dr. Pepper or not. It's completely irrelevant. You don't correct anybody that way. Uh, and so the issue is, you know, you you, can, you can't um, become physical in correcting anybody, you know, um, and, and so that's what he needs to apologize for. Uh, and I would say that the line you need to draw is, look, we love you, we would love to have you here, but unless you realize that it's not okay to become physical when you get upset, then you can't be here because you're not a safe person to be around. And that makes me sad to say, and I'm sure that you didn't mean anything by it, but that's the rule. We don't, we don't get physical in our house. We don't let things escalate to that point. He did something wrong. He deserves to be corrected for it. Now, that's my job as his parent to correct him, not yours, number one. But number two, if you're going to do anything, you may not become physical with anybody in our house if you get upset with them. That is the rule. You're welcome to be here if you can live by that. And you do need to apologize for allowing it to escalate to that point because it wasn't your place to correct him, and it certainly wasn't your place to correct him like that. I well, recommend- it's not about ownership over the Dr. Pepper. That's becoming a, a matter of semantics that's keeping you guys from actually healing this at all. Yeah. So I, w- I would talk to your daughter. Uh, and, and, and we're going to lay out what I just shared here. If you'd like to share the podcast with them, um, you can certainly uh, download the podcast and, and let them play it, you know, so that they get a third party and, and, and fourth party <laughs> here too. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, your son deserved to be corrected by you. It was probably a little bit much that everybody was riding him, but okay, fine, under the circumstances, I understand why that would have happened. But under no circumstances, doesn't matter what he did or whose it was, should 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 correction become physical especially not from your son-in-law now grossly inappropriate that said as grossly inappropriate as it was let's not you know destroy the whole family over this like let's not die on the hill for this particular thing set that rule set the standard we don't get physical with each other and we'd like you to apologize to our son for getting physical and we'd like to just drop this and move on and enjoy our family from here on in and let's remember the context of this not that it matters when real physicality takes place well, let's give a little bit of leeway that this was a very tense game and there was drinking going on. So, you know, maybe his boundaries weren't quite what they should be. But if he's not willing to apologize at this point, once you explain the physicality problem with this, then you need to draw, then a, you need to draw a shopper line. But, but try to go in with some grace and some mercy on this as well. All right, Janine, thanks so much for the call. 877-573-7825. The show today is titled Team Up as we talk about family life Uh, you know we're called to be a team as a family and sometimes it's hard to make that actually happen do you feel like your family is off its game we want to help you become a better team whether that means working playing talking or praying together better if you've got parenting questions marriage questions questions about the family life that's under your roof or the family that lives outside of it either way we are here to help 877-573-7825 more to life we'll continue with your questions coming up right after the break the wisdom of Mother Angelica. And we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. You remember what our Lord said one day? Why do you call me good? He said, only God is good. Only God. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. 
Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from hostility. Feast on peace. Fast from bitterness. Feast on forgiveness. Fast from self-concern. Feast on compassion for others. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. It liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. Maybe you've even prayed the prayer of spiritual communion. Spiritual communion is a concept that goes all the way back to the 4th century. It flourished in the Eastern Church and gradually moved west. Spiritual communion stresses the transcendence of God, where we unite our desires, intentions, and loves with the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the consecration of the Eucharist at the altar. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically own shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled Team Up. As we talk about helping your family be a better team, whether that means working, playing, talking, or praying better together, or anything else in between, we want to help you have a more loving, joyful, peaceful family life. 877-573-7825, whether it's parenting questions or family questions in general, give us a holler. Who's up next, Lisa? We're talking with Kate, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio on Annunciation Radio. Kate, welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Good morning. Thank you so much. Yep. I have a question about um, in-law relationships. My husband and I are beautifully married and have been for 24 years. And we have struggled with in-law relationships with his family for our entire marriage. Now, is this your parents-in-law or like, does this involve his siblings? Tell me what, what the problem is and who the problem's with. Well, it started um, when we got married. His 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 family is very passive aggressive. He has three brothers, and his dad was very um, mean. And I didn't understand what passive aggressive was because I come from a very direct family. Um, they were also not Catholic, so we were disliked intensely because I was Catholic. And. We always tried, <clears throat> excuse me, to maintain the moral high ground and, and apologize for any perceived hurts, or we just tried to bend over backwards to keep things peaceful and always went to see them, even though they never came to see us. We tried to maintain the relationship, but it's just gotten over the years, we're just done with always being caused, called the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to go for Thanksgiving, and we weren't able to go because we were told that maybe we shouldn't. So we said, well, maybe we'll go to Christmas. Can you tell us what's wrong? And 
it's just I, I, I feel like a juvenile even explaining this because it sounds so ridiculous. Evidently, I have a sister-in-law who um, decided that I've been mean to her their entire married life. And we just don't know how to deal with talking to people whose perception of reality just is not true. You know, she, she says, well, that you hang around my house and talk about how dirty it is and unorganized, which is just patently a not true story. And I'm wondering, how do we maintain a relationship when reality just isn't part of the conversation? So let me ask you this. I mean, so what what keeps you hanging in there? Is it is it is it is it you know, you feel like there's a Christian obligation to try to make the relationship work? Is it that your your husband still has an attachment that you're trying to honor? What what keeps you hanging in there after all these years? Uh, I I would like to honor my husband. He he and his brothers um, are very close, and I was raised to be. That that threw me for a loop. Uh, sorry, sorry. So how how are he and his brothers close if the rest of the family is? I mean, it's just they they just have a separate relationship. You mean, or, or I, I'm I'm well, trying to figure out the dynamic here. I'm trying to figure it out too. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, they like to do things together. Uh, his two brothers and his mom live in Atlanta, and they they're they do things a lot together. Um. But I feel like the sister-in-law has soured things so much that just they, I I feel like his older brother, who's married to the woman who says, I'm mean, um, he has had to work very hard at being a dad with a very uh, wounded partner. Mm. And I... You know, I, I understand that you have to pick your spouse, that you have to be a team. But I always get brought into it. I, I'm like, we're, we live 15 hours away, and somehow I have become the cause of the rift the entire marriage. And we okay. just, and is this and just very quickly here because we're I'm going to ask you have to ask you to hang on over the break because we're we're coming to a hard break here but okay. very quickly uh, in a, kind of a yes or no sort of thing is this coming between you and your husband or is this are you guys basically on the same page about how hurt you both are? We are a team. Okay, great. So it did- I'm going to ask you to hang on because when the music's going to start to play, here we go. Uh, hang on over the break, okay? We, we'll have some suggestions for you when we come back. And when we are when we come back, we're going to be taking your calls as well as continue our conversation with Kate from Ohio. We're talking about family life today, whether it's parenting, marriage, or extended family stuff. We want to help you have a stronger family team. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. We'll be back with Kate's call and yours as well coming up in just a minute. Connection with Teresa Tomio. It's Father John Ricardo served as our spiritual director and he gave us a theme on which to speak. He asked all the speakers to address this statement in some way, shape, or form because of you, I know God. And that hit me and Deacon Dominic when he first put that out there like a ton of bricks because basically that's our story. 
And I believe if we stop and think about this, because of someone in our life, whether it be maybe a relative or maybe someone at work or maybe someone on the street, who was it that witnessed to you? And because of that person, you either came to know the Lord or know Him and your one holy Catholic and apostolic church better and more intimately. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Christ is the Answer, with Father John Ricardo. You know, maybe we need to ask ourselves, do we really know Jesus? Maybe another way to ask that would be, how familiar are you with the Gospels? When I was living in D.C., I was on the plane, taking a late flight home, sitting next to a young girl. She was probably 16, 17. I had my collar on, and we got talking, and she said, um, somehow in the course of the conversation, she acknowledged that she was running away from home and was in the midst of uh, an awful lot of difficulties that were going on. Her story seemed to be remarkably akin to the story of the prodigal son, which we just heard this past Sunday at Mass, huh? And so I started to speak a little bit about that with her, and I said, you sound a little bit like the younger son in the story of the prodigal son, and she looked at me like I was from Mars, and I said, are you not familiar with the story of the prodigal son? And she says, no never heard it. And I just looked at her and I says, oh my goodness, are you in for a wonderful evening? Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. When kids misbehave, it's common for parents to ask how they can stop the bad behavior. Usually the answer is some form of punishment. But punishment isn't a silver bullet. Sure, it might stop misbehavior for now, but it's not very effective in the long term. That's because it doesn't help kids heal the harm they've caused, and it doesn't give them the tools they need to handle things differently the next time. St. John Bosco had a better approach to discipline. He viewed discipline as a teaching opportunity, not a control problem. In his approach, parents coach kids through the process of healing the harm their behavior caused, and next, They help kids learn the skills and strategies they need to do better next time. St. Bosco's approach is called discipleship discipline because it treats kids as disciples or learners. It also reminds us of the loving way Jesus taught his own disciples. Discipleship discipline frees parents from being referees, constantly imposing penalties. Instead, parents coach kids through the hard work of improving their game. Discipleship discipline recognizes that parents and kids are really on the same team. To learn more about Discipleship Discipline, check out our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace, or visit catholichom.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Team Up, as we talk about family life. You know, families are called to be a team. We're called to work together to live out God's vision of love and grace in our homes so that our families can be a light to the world. You know, sounds great on paper, but when it comes right down to it, that's hard to do in real life. So if you are struggling in your family to be the team that you'd like to be, either because you've got parenting questions and struggles, marriage issues, or extended family concerns that you're not quite sure what to do about, we want to help you 
build a better family life. 877-573-7825. Before the break, we were talking with Kate from Ohio. She was sharing that she and her husband have been married for 24 years and have always had a problem with the in-laws. Uh, the husband converted, her husband converted to Catholicism, and that's been a sticking point with uh, the, the, the parents-in-law. Um, the husband does get along well with his brothers, but the, the sister-in-law has issues with Kate. The mother-in-law has issues with Kate. Basically, the family is kind of against Kate. Even though she's like more than 10 hours away, and somehow this said, all gets just landed at her feet. Kate, are you still with us? I am. Thank you. Was that a fair summary of, of, of the situation? I would say fairly fair. My, my mother-in-law tries hard, but okay. it, it's difficult because she was... Um, it, it's hard being married. She had been married to a rather mean person for a long time, so she's mm-hmm. she's not particularly assertive. Okay, so so the main issue then is is between you and the sister-in-law. Evidently. Okay. I've never had so a wh- conversation about it with her because they're not too okay. direct. They they're not direct. Okay. Well, I mean, the grapevine. Uh huh. Well, that's interesting. You know, so so that adds another dimension to things. So so here's what I'd like to suggest: um, a couple of things here. You're never going to be bosom buddies with these people, and that's that's okay. Um, It hurts. It hurts, but but it's it's, you know, it is what it is. But it's not your job to fix it all. Okay, Um, because I think. And this is a theme we run up against pretty regularly on the show. We we think as Christians that that God has made it our responsibility to to make all the relationships in our life work on our own power, and we can't really do that. I mean, it's just God can't even do that, right? God can't make people love Him, and He's God, <laughs> you know. So it, what all we can do is what God does, which is extend an invitation to a healthy, holy relationship, uh, and and allow people to make their own choice about that. Um, and so what I would say is, you know, if you don't hear directly from the sister-in-law that she has a problem with you, you don't have to respond to that. You know, that, that's, there's, a, there's a game uh, called Let's You and Them Fight. And that's where, say, a, a, third fa- a third party says, well, do you know what so-and-so said about you? And then it's like, you know, you're, now what am I supposed to do with that information? You know what? Ignore it. That's what you're supposed to do with that information. Because it's not useful information unless it comes from the sister-in-law. You're, our lives get a whole lot less complicated when we stop trying to solve problems that people didn't actually tell us about. But, you know, so, so your attitude about those kinds of things has to be, well, I'm really sorry she didn't tell me. If she'd like to talk to me about that, I'd be happy to do that. But in, in the meantime, I'm just going to keep pretending like everything's fine because I don't have any direct knowledge that there's a problem. And you, that's a perfectly legitimate position to take. In fact, that's the only healthy option you've got. Because with passive-aggressive people, you know, that's kind of their love language. Right. When, when, because we, we, we know that when we disapprove of somebody, they, they try hard to, to, to come around, right? And, and to pull they us work out. work harder at the relationship. And boy, don't we love that. Sick love language, mm-hmm. but people use it. They, they use it to maintain relationships. I'm not going to tell you what's wrong with me. So it's what's wrong between us so that you just keep working hard to try to please me. And that becomes a really warped love language. And if you participate in that, then you end up rewarding it. So the best thing you can do is, is say, I would, you know, if she has an issue with, you know, like if a third person, third party comes to you and says, well, so-and-so said this and that, 
you, you, your, your job is to say, you know what, that really makes me sad to hear that. But if that's really true, she can certainly come to me and talk to me about it anytime. I'm happy to. So what's the weather like in your neighborhood? Right. You, so you yeah, change the subject and move on. It. And you just, you know, you don't try to make the relationships better than they are. Um, you know, if, if the, if the family, you said, you know, uh, they didn't want you to come for Thanksgiving, but you said, well, maybe we could come for Christmas, but they wouldn't tell you what was wrong. That's okay. You know what? Then that's a problem you don't have to solve. <laughs> I know that, that that sounds simplistic, but really we have to let grownups be grownups. We have to invite them to be grown. And if they're not, then we don't have to deal with it. It's okay to let it go. Um, and so, you know, you let your husband have his relationship with his brothers. If you want to go visit them over the holidays or not, that's up to you guys to decide together. But I want you to come away from this call being to the degree that I can absolve you of anything. <laughs> being absolved of the need to make this relationship better than it is. I just want you to sort of accept it on a superficial level. Invite them if there are any problems to come forward. But stop jumping through hoops and trying to set yourself on fire to make them happy because it's never going to happen. This is their love language. This is what they do to get people to come to them and try to please them. And if you play it, there's no way to win. There's no way to solve the problem because there has to be a problem for them. Otherwise, they don't know how to be in a relationship with you. Now, let the guys be the guys. If your husband and his brothers like to go off and do something... Go to a spa. Let them have a guys weekend. Let them go fishing. Let them go to the game. It's okay to go by yourself. You don't have to invite the rest of the family along. Yeah, you (laughs) can just you can just say, hey, I don't you know just because the sister in law is this way or your father's that way, I don't want to mess this up for you. You go, you enjoy your brothers, and I'm going to take myself off to a spa or stay home and read my book or get a chore done. But I'm not going to keep feeding their desire to have drama all the time yeah so i'd like you and your husband to really talk and pray about the kind of relationship that you can have or that you would have if you could just leave everything superficial and stop worrying about making it better than it is you know would that mean that you saw them less or more would that mean that you talked about this but not that like just really talk about if you could let yourself off the hook for trying to make this all work and solve all the problems and could just accept that there are always going to be problems here and it's not your problem and it's not your job to fix it what would change and then have that relationship with them um you set whatever boundaries you need to set you know don't go for certain holidays, but go for other ones, or go, you know, a different time, whatever. But but really think about that. If if you could if you could just let yourself off the hook for feeling like it was your job to buy into the story that Kate's always the problem, so Kate has to fix it. And if you could stop buying into that, what would change about your relationships with his family? And let that be your relationship. If there's more that we can do to support you in this, don't hesitate to reach out back to us here on More to Life once you've had a chance to talk talk this over with your husband. And if you really think this through, and you realize that this is part and parcel of the burden you carry that you always feel like you have to apologize for being you for being catholic for being being anything (laughs) just being that's something that i would love for you to accept god's invitation to healing for because god doesn't want you to bend over backwards and lessen yourself and even internally degrade yourself thinking everything's your fault when it's not he wants you to be a strong woman of god he wants you to feel healed and so if you're feeling like this is a pattern even outside of these particular people and by all means seek some good pastoral counseling so that you can heal this and be everything that god wants you to be so you can enjoy your life without having to like 
inwardly grovel. Yeah, we talk more about this in, in my book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. Uh, it's, again, that's God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts. It's available at catholiccounselors.com, where you can also learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral counseling practice as well. Before we let Kate go, I just want to share this one metaphor that kind of came to mind. You know, when, when you're dealing with a passive-aggressive person, okay, and you know there's a problem, but they're, they're, they, they won't tell you what it is, after you've said, oh, gosh, well, you can tell me what it is any time. I'd be happy to work this out with you. You've done everything that you can do. Anything more than that would be like if somebody said, hey, I sent you a package. Did you get it? And, they're like, and you're like, well, no, I, I, I didn't get it. It's on them to track the package. Right, because they have all the information. Right. It's, not, it's not on you to then hire a private investigator <laughs> to go figure out how you can find the package that they sent. You, don't, you can't take delivery on a package that hasn't been delivered. And that's what we're dealing with a passive-aggressive person is like. They want you to try to take delivery on a package that they never really sent, and they won't give you any tracking information. And I think that's the biggest thing. They never really sent it in the first place. So it's not like they sent it and they don't have the skills to go and search it. No, they never sent it in the first place. They're not telling you honestly what's going on. They're not honestly invested in the relationship. They're just invested in the drama. You know, so it's, it's I, I'm willing to receive the package whenever you'd like to send it, or if you can track it, send it again. Thank you so much for the thought. But beyond that, you're done. All right. Thanks so much for the call. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Our show today is titled Team Up as we talk about family life. Do you feel like your family is off its game for some reason? Whether you've got parenting questions, questions about marriage, questions about extended family, we're here to help. 877-573-7825. If you're listening later to the podcast, you can shoot us questions via email to questions at more2liferadio.com. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Choose today. Will you serve the Lord or the gods of the people in whose country you are dwelling? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And this you know, is a challenge to all Christian families in particular to, to really be intentional about who we're serving. You know, are we serving the passive-aggressive people in our life? Or are we really doing what God is calling us to do and set better boundaries there? Are we serving the culture of busyness, yes. where our families are overscheduled to the point where we don't have a family life anymore? Or are we trying to live out the vision that God has for us and we're prioritizing family time, even when it's difficult? You know, what? there are lots of different little gods that we serve. Uh, that, Some that, of them are gigantic-seeming. And they, and they distract us from our mission to create warm loving, faithful Catholic families. So let's be intentional about serving God's vision for our family and not letting the world dictate what kind of time we have for each other or what sorts of things we should do with each other or just even how we should relate to each other. You know, there's a Catholic vision of marriage and family life. Let's live up to that and serve that God, not the gods of our country and the gods of anybody else. <laughs> 877-573-7825. The show today is titled Team Up, as we talk about how to be a better family team. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue in just a minute. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. What are the three parables Jesus tells about prayer in St. Luke's Gospel? 
The first is what the Catechism calls the importunate friend. This is the friend who wakes a pal at midnight in order to borrow three loaves of bread to feed a visitor. The second parable the Catechism labels the importunate widow, who persistently pleads for her rights from a reluctant judge till the wearied judge rules in her favor. This parable illustrates the need to pray always and with the patience of faith. Jesus closes this parable with the poignant question, When the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on the earth? The third parable centers on the Pharisee and the tax collector, commending the tax collector for his humility because he asked God to be merciful to me, a sinner, a prayer which the church adopts as its own. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, we're talking about families being better teams. Give us a call if whatever's getting in the way of your family coming together, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Mackenzie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Maryland. Hi, Mackenzie, also a member of the Catholic Home Community. How's it going today? Mackenzie, what's up? Hi, it's so good to talk to you guys. Um, great, great to talk you. to yeah. you. What's going on? Um, yeah, so my son, he's almost three. He'll be three in May, and he's been having sleeping trouble. So we slept, mm-hmm. we sleep trained him when he was a baby, and he slept great for a little while. <laughs> and then his son, or his brother was born, and then since then we've had some troubles. But recently it's been much harder he will take two two and a half hours to go down to bed and then he'll wake up like three or four hours later and be up the rest of the night i'm sorry you said he takes he um, takes two and a half two and a half hours to get to sleep in the first place or? yeah so you have so you're yeah, having a particular so bedtime and you're trying to get him down at that time and, and you have to stay with him for like two hours to get him to fall asleep in the first place yeah and that, so okay. we'll start the, the bedtime routine around 7.30, and then recently he's been going to bed usually between 9.30 and 10 o'clock. Last night was about 10 o'clock. Okay. And then he woke up at 1, and I went mm-hmm. to bed at 11 because I needed to get some stuff done around the house before I went to sleep. And so, mm. um, yeah, he was up at 1, we were up at 1, and he was up the rest of the night and refused to go back to sleep. And this was like after hours of my husband holding him, sitting with him. We weren't locking Mm -hmm. him in the room or like making him cry it out because we don't feel comfortable with that. But um, yeah, we were rocking and rocking. He just didn't want to go to sleep. 
and um, every time we we go to bed too, it's the same thing where he just rejects the idea of sleeping. So we're just kind of sure. on a talk to me now. Seven thirty is is making one little exclamation point in my mind because because <laughs> we have a couple of two-year-olds in our family too who are going through similar things um talk to me about naps when's he napping for how long um so this has been changing recently also because he's been not wanting mm-hmm. to go down for naps so mm-hmm. um what we would typically do if we were st- sticking to a routine would be around one third one to one thirty he'd go down okay. And he'd wake up between 3 and 3.30. Okay. Um, we, and so that's kind of what we've been doing yesterday. He took a longer nap because um, because he had went to bed late the night before and didn't take a nap the day before. And so um, he took a nap from about 12.30 to 3. And we got him up um, at 3. And yeah. And he went to bed at 10. So... Yeah, yeah. Um, more than enough time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I I hate to tell you this, Mackenzie. I'm seeing this pattern with every two year old I know, and there are quite a few of them at the moment. That you know, I have one that that has slept perfectly since the minute he was born, and suddenly he hit about the same age as your little guy, and suddenly is like, no, sleep doesn't need to exist. And I have another one who's always kind of bounced around in this, but definitely is going through this. So there's something about the growth patterns and the teething patterns. Those last couple of molars sometimes have a lot to do with it. Um, And the lack of, or I should say that the, the lesser need that happens for a little while here during the two-year-old thing for those naps. So he's getting up at like three something from a nap and then suddenly he feels like seven o'clock is two seconds later. So you may want to try to move those naps a little bit earlier so he's getting up more like two o'clock and then maybe pushing bedtime back a little bit because he's moving out of the infants. I, I want to address the underlying thing, though, and yeah. that is the, the, for not just for you, Mackenzie, but, but for, for all parents. We, we've conditioned parents to believe that sleep is a task and that, that we, you know, we have to make it happen in a certain way and that you know, we're failing somehow if it doesn't happen in that way. Now, of course, we want our kids to sleep. That's important. I'm not because saying mostly we we're the, the ones cracking and, up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need the break, too. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am saying is that, that this idea of, of like, well, the, even the whole like the sleep training thing, and I know you're saying you're not letting him cry out or anything. That's all fine. But, but I'm just saying even just the expectation that, you know, kids should sleep through the night and kids should take a nap. They don't. They just don't. That's a, there's no there's no research that suggests that 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 kids should be any different than what your kid is doing. And now, you'll <laughs> get the rare one that does sleep through the night for a while, but they will always go through some kind of phase where that becomes disrupted before they go back to getting any. And kind all the of research even sleep. shows that even if you sleep train a kid early on, then as soon as they hit another stick. developmental stage, they need they need it all over again, yeah. and it tends not to stick. And if so, if anything, it makes parents feel like they did something, but it doesn't actually get them any more sleep or or help the kid learn anything. So what, I'm just sharing that because I want you to, to realize that this is perfectly normal. It's not, it's, it's hard. It's not, it's not fun. Uh, every, but everybody gets through it eventually. And, yeah. and, and so, so I, I do, I would suggest doing what Lisa is suggesting, um, three thinking that, that afternoon nap, maybe having some quiet time. 
you know, where you're, you're reading a book or you're doing something that's quiet together in that time, but not necessarily making it about sleep time. Even the nighttime thing. If he's not ready to go to sleep at 7.30, you know, then, then do you know, let him go for a little bit longer. It doesn't ha- It's okay if he's not going to bed at that exact time. It's good to have a routine, and as he gets a little bit older, you know, and, and has more self-regulation and can go to sleep. And understanding of time and all of that kind of then stuff. Then you can do more with that. But at this age, it's kind of like, you know, get them tired and, and keep them up until they are tired. Yeah, and, and it's okay for you and your husband to come up with new schedules as it goes. I know you have another baby to take care of and you have chores to do, but it can. this is a great age, if it's possible, for dad to start really kicking in and doing a lot of the nighttime parenting. Two is that time where kids start to, to be able to separate from mom a tiny bit and not at least not think you're part of their body. So they want some time with dad. So let dad come in and play with him for uh, you know the time you're getting the infant down. Let him play with him while you're getting a shower by yourself or while you're getting some chores done. Or let your husband get the chores done while you're getting some time to just play with your child rather than have to, you know, to schedule and monitor all the behaviors. Give yourself a little bit more of a break here and it will start to iron itself out. Now, as far as getting him down to sleep, um, there is a, there is a book. I have seen success with this book from parents. I have not read it myself, but it's a book you read to your kids called Sam the Sleepy Sheep. And it's got just this kind of like nurturing language that kind of lulls your child to sleep as you read this book. That might help your two-year-old or he may be a little bit too young. There's also a great book called The No Cry Sleep Solution for Toddlers. And I've used No Cry Sleep Solution techniques here and there with even my own children back in the day when it was you know first written because it's very much about you as parents figuring out what will work for your child and they talk you through a lot of things in that it doesn't have to be you two and dicks this way and it works for everybody in the world so Mackenzie, uh the, the big thing though is is uh, you can you can kind of relax the expectation right that, that a bedtime should happen at a particular time that you know naps have to happen in a certain way um you know if he's not if he's not taking the nap in the afternoon i realize again that it was good if you for you, if he wants to get, but but you lying there for two hours to try to get him down is just makes you angrier and crazier. So if he's not falling asleep after, say, you know, half an hour, get up and do something. You know, he'll he'll go to bed when he's tired. The uh, other thing I would suggest is making sure he has a heavy duty enough meal or snack near bedtime to get him really tired. It's kind of that Thanksgiving dinner effect, whether he's still nursing or whether he can have a snack that's really going to like. You know, make him a little fuller and a little bit tired, or that can be helpful at times as well. But he will get through this. You will get through this. Work on problem solving with your husband to get your adult needs and household needs met. But Mackenzie, I know that you're a member of Catholic Home, uh, and I just invite you to to ask any follow-up questions that you've got there. Our lines are full, and I'm sorry, we've only got 60 seconds left in the show, so I want to direct everybody over there. Every day, it's Catholic HOM. It stands for Households on Mission. You can download the Catholic HOM app or go to catholichom.com to sign up. But it's a community of Catholic families just like you, and our whole team of pastoral counselors are on there every day, taking questions, uh, hosting discussions. We've got tons of great resources 
resources, downloadables, podcasts, videos, all to help you create a more loving, connected, and caring Catholic family life. You're free to ask whatever parenting questions you have, whenever you have them. Our whole team is there to support you every day. So if we didn't get to your call today, or you've got follow-up questions, please uh, go to download Catholic HOM. It's free the first month. Check it out. Uh, go to CatholicHOM.com to sign up there as well. You can learn more about it there. And feel free to call back tomorrow right here on More to Life. All right. With that, we've got to go. But thank you so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about having a stronger family team, you can reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com to learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice. You can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your marriage, family, or personal life. Or as I said, if you just need ongoing support to be that great Catholic family, come on over to Catholic HOM and become part of the Catholic home community. Let us help you build a more loving, caring, and connected Catholic family life there. Download the Catholic HOM app or go to CatholicHOM.com to learn more. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.